Welcome to Damn Boo. When shit's so fucked up, all you can say is Damn Boo. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. Episode five. Episode five. Episode five. Oh my god. We almost to the double digits, like halfway into there. Halfway. Yeah. If we can count. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but with something that just came with me, it's our one month anniversary since we New Last film. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh my god. Congratulations, Dad. It's really been one month. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get you a present. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. It's alright. It's okay. You know, two months anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. One month. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, like when we first started, I think that was, I think that was such a weird like transition because like i think mm-hmm. we just went in front of the mics yep. and just winged it <laughs> but and now now we're here we winging it like slightly <laughs> like, with some landing mm. in between a little sprinkle little, little sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> but we definitely upgraded since then since our first we got a poster <laughs> we got like i mean we didn't have a camera but <laughs> <laughs> we have lights lights Damn. Website, website, socials. We get in. I mean, I'm not going to say too much because we got bookings. <laughs> we got some exciting things that y'all not even ready for. Yeah, we always work it. We I can, mean, all of our it's team, in the works. we put it into, you know what I'm saying, a little mix. We put it in the potion. <laughs> sprinkle it in. You Yo. Know, something. I'm telling y'all, y'all going to be shocked when we, when we release what it is, that, you know, things we have and all that. Exactly, exactly. But without further ado, let's move on to our first segment, Boy Style Show Wow. wow. Yes, 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 yes. You want to start? <sighs> yes. So first person I want to start off is um, Luz Bijal. I believe that's how you, mm. or Bilal. She goes by either uh, last name. Okay. But, um, and she is a former aide to the Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. And mm. I had the chance of like speaking with her, like doing an interview with her oh, for wow. an article I had to write, yeah, about um, Emerson's uh, student, intercultural student affairs. They were holding like a panel about mass incarceration and um, abolition. And so they had like speakers like Raymond Santana from the Exonerated Five, Keon Sprinkles was oh, also wow. a Boston Exonerated. The wow. conversation was deep. Yeah, but it was really, really like I had time before the panel to speak to her, and I think you know um, the intercultural um, student affairs for giving me the opportunity and Tamia and her team. For sure. Um, and she like showed me so much about her experience with um, you know how she grew up in the foster care system mm-hmm. to having a parent that was incarcerated, and so she's always like she's working on so many big things um and you know she's kind of like slowing down like her her role in like you know government and politics mm. just for a little bit she's not <laughs> she's not stopping there yet but just for a little bit because she's right. gonna go to school mm-hmm. um and she got a full ride scholarship to georgetown university so she's gonna work on her masters mm, yes wow. and i'm like wow if you like ever get the chance to meet her her energy her vibe like you can tell she's definitely trying to help people Mm -hmm. any way that she can she's always on it um and she definitely has um 
like her own perspective and experience and so she's able to help people out in different communities um and it was just really great speaking to her and so if y'all can find her i mean i couldn't find any of her socials to list her down Mm -hmm. um but just catch up with the work that she's doing Mm -hmm. also um yeah and if y'all could just stay tuned to the work that she's doing or look back on the work that she was doing previously that would be great yeah yeah Ooh. yes i love that yeah it's It just shows me women are doing amazing. Powerful. Work. Yes. It's powerful. And she, she goes um, by uh, Afro-Caribbean. She has Puerto Rican and um, Dominican descent. So, mm. I just want to be her friend. Literally. Literally. But, yeah, um, next person I also want to shout out is Marseille Martin. Y'all already I know. know. Y'all already you saw know. her on the magazine cover. Yep. Oh, oh, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> she looks so pretty. So, oh, my God. She does it all the time. She's, like, setting standards in her own way. Like, she's, and she's Literally. so young. She's, like, so young. 16, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, like, that's Wow, she's doing some big things out here. I wish I could have done that shit when I was her age. (sighs) But like the fact that she does it and she just she just outward with it. You know what I'm saying? Like she has so many projects signed up. I think I think I remember like watching an interview before where she was like talking a little bit about like getting into that and now Mm -hmm. a year later, that's crazy. Yes, yes. And so, you know, she she's doing some big things. Like you would be like, what? Mm-hmm. Like if y'all know her, she's um. I mean, people m- mainly know her from um Blackish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the TV show. So, but she's done other things. Um, and she's also been in Little, and that's when she um mm-hmm. got the executive producer title. Mm-hmm. Executive producer. Exact. Exact. And that was before. Exact. <laughs> she executive producer before me. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. But yeah, she's currently working on her own little project, you know. Oh my um gosh. Good and, for her. Good for her. Uh and not she she's doing it uh I believe with Disney. Um and so they're doing like it's about uh a girl who goes through um a sickle cell anemia and she's mm. also just she there's other cast members as too but i think a lot of people were excited about that she was able to um get representation in these roles yeah. and so we've seen like the three girls that were released for this and um everybody's like wow you got you got three dark skin girls in this wow as it should be as it should be wow. yes yeah yeah so that's that's who i wanted to get a shout out to Y'all, y'all already know. Y'all can find her pretty much on everything. Literally, <laughs> I mean, at the age of 16, and then who knows, like, 10 years from now. I'll mm-hmm. be following every project, though. That's all I know. <laughs> yes. I will be following that. Wow. Well. Who do you got a shout out? So, I got two people. Um, first one, I talked to her about a month ago, and she's amazing. Her name is Mistress Marley. Ooh. Um, she's a I like that name. I know. It rolls off the tongue. But, <laughs> um, she's a professional dominatrix, and she's a very prominent figure in the sex working community. Um, she is the mm-hmm. founder of the Black Dom Sorority. The Black Dom Sorority is essentially a space, a collective space, for Black and Afro Latin ex individuals interested in being a fem- femdom or a financial dom, which mm-hmm. means like domin- kind of like dominatrix in the sense of like taking people's money. 
type of thing and like using that as like a king type of because people got sounds juicy it's very juicy (laughs) but like she is a sex educator she hosts um so many patrons on um her patreon and everything called Mm. like sex academy she helps out for the people who need help with vanilla sex who need people helping out with sugar uh baby and or whatever um bdsm she's a very prominent like figure she lives in new york and everything so you know shout out she from but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna shout her out too because she was from north carolina originally Uh, okay (laughs) okay (laughs) but i don't know if y'all have ever seen that video but it it was a video of her at one of the hbcus in north carolina um, where she was literally, she had an w- old white man on a leash who was her sub at the time. And she went viral because everyone wow. was like, oh my gosh, she got her like sugar daddy on like a leash. And she's like, no, that's my sub. And everyone was like, oh, okay. okay. They were shocked for that one. Shocked <laughs> for that one. But you know, outside of that, she's also um, a very prominent activist and a lot of the uh, rights going towards sex uh normalizing sex work, Mm. making sure that they have protections. Um, As you know, uh, they do not get a lot of the mutual aid from the government and everything Mm. because of their profession. So all about it is decriminalizing sex work. So that's why I want to bring her up today, me being wanting to uh, advocate for sex rights and everything and making sure that we consider every protection, every Mm. right, for sex workers, she's the one. She's yeah. the one. She's so amazing. Like, mm. I don't know. She's a. I think she's a Aquarius. She's an Aquarius. Oop. So you know, I had <laughs> to. <laughs> I had to. You know, it was already there. <laughs> but uh, moving on, the next person I want to shout out is Nakaya Chanel. She is also from North Carolina. Mm. She is a professional pole dancer and everything and a yoga fitness instructor she also teaches pole dancing in general but let me I give know her she got that flexibility she is an athlete let me just say <laughs> her muscle tone her body like everything about it, it just screams power mm. like mm. it's just so much I, I was so jealous because like Trinity she got to go see her in Durham Ooh. and in person before like the pandemic and everything and Trinity's Trinity's a bestie. My my bestie, you know. I guess I'll shout out. (laughs) She also, um, Nakaya, she's also the founder of Ariel Allure Pole Showcase. Mm. Um, That's where she has like a host of events and everything. Right now it's been kind of stipend with uh, COVID, but she also has mutual aid relief funds, which we will plug in the description below. We will, we will. So make sure you check Mm -hmm. it out. And she's also the owner of Medusa Pole Wear. So she's doing it. Like business she's really business, business. business. She's tapping into a lot of different areas and everything. So I believe we need to go ahead and show her out. But those are the two people I got. Wow. Well, that was you know that was it for our voice out show out. But make sure y'all let us know who y'all want. Like who who's doing some big things in y'all communities and yep. y'all neighborhoods. Let us know. Let us we know. definitely will check them out. And if we can, we'll definitely try and give them, you know, a shout out, um, whether it's like in our next episode or our future episodes. So make sure you, you, you let us know. We're Hit on socials. Up. Hit us up. We got Instagram. We got Twitter. We got Facebook. We got LinkedIn. Come on, guys. All around. All, All around. around. Make sure you watch our YouTube channel, though. Yes. <laughs> make so sure you, you subscribe. <laughs> Click that subscribe button. Yeah. But and a notification bell. <laughs> a notification bell. <laughs> <laughs> 
moving on, we, for t- this week's Ben Pals, we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, dating, love, sex, sex women, women, consent, women. <laughs> consent, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she had to make it clear. I had to make it clear for this one. Damn, I don't even know where we start. It's a lot. I mean, I could start off with a little story time. Ooh, I'm, <laughs> ready for, I'm ready for a story time. Let me sip that. Make sure y'all get y'all popcorn. Don't do I mean, you probably won't be eating popcorn, but but you know, get a, get you a little snack. Uh, <laughs> juicy. Look, so I mean, as you know, mm-hmm. I just entered the dating landscape. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've I've encountered encounters like this where. You know, the first question I'll ask me is like, oh, what are you type of thing. I hate that question. I really do. It gives me trauma every time. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why do you want to? Why do you want to know? No. Or but why I mean, is that going to be the first question? Why does that have to be the first? Because like, it's not even, sometimes it's not even the fact that they ask that question, but sometimes it's the reasonings behind, behind it. it. Like what's going to lead up yeah. to it. Like, I already know how this is like, going to lay mm-hmm. out and everything. You can already see the vision. I already can see the vision. And Where's the basket? <laughs> but literally i remember um so i received this question and it was because in like one of my like photos and everything i was wearing like a skirt with like thigh highs and everything which Mm -hmm. by the way cute fit but anyway (laughs) like he was asking me like all these different things like oh you really like anime and i was like yeah yeah and he's like oh what are you though i was like puerto rican and filipino and then he was just like do you wear thigh highs and skirts all the time i was like Huh? <laughs> and then he was like, no, 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 I'm just wondering, because, you know, I got a thing for Asian girls. Uh, Mind you, I already said, I already said that I was Puerto Rican. <laughs> like, I already said, he, so he already ignored, like, that whole entire thing. And I don't know, in that moment, I was like, damn, you were cute, too. <laughs> you was cute, too. Now you had to go you. there. You had to go there. There's so much. And I feel like, you know, I've also encountered, like, different things, like, in person, too, where it was mm. just like, you know what I would like to see you in? In a schoolgirl outfit. I was like, why? Why? Because, like, not only does that attach so much to, like, Asian fetishization, mm. but that also attaches so much to... I'm going to say it. Y'all not going to like it, but pedophilia, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> like, y'all, like, literally, I don't know. There's just so, I feel like if we really unpack a lot of these fetishizations mm-hmm. for ethnic identities, for racial identities, a lot of these are problematic. A lot of these lot. are colorist, are pedophilic, yeah, are yes. racist, are not preferences, yeah. bitch. Like, I just, no, there's, no, no. Exactly, exactly. So, I don't know, I think, that's just that's just a part of being a woman of color right. dating. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, being first of all, being a woman is hard. Mm-hmm. Being a woman of color in the dating scene, in the you know, just talking about sex and just talking about all these different like groups of topics that we talking about today. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Period. It is. And it's like, why, why? Mm-hmm. And it's a, so much. It, it already brings us to, there's so much stereotypical roles that people mm-hmm. uh, expect of women. And it's like, can you get it through your head? Mm-hmm. We're not in that, we're, we're not in that time period, okay? It's, it's a new one, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm setting my own standards today. Hello. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, but, uh, 
like it starts really young too like um and i was like in this article um she the people it talks about i didn't even realize i'm like oh when they want us to play with barbie dolls mm-hmm. or like girls colors should be pink mm-hmm. like and it's like no There's not like, at all right. but a lot of people push that on different genders so then when you like grow up you kind of like grow up with that I don't know like that stigma that that's supposedly the norm and that's not at all um and it's like things like women should know how to cook Uh, women are expected to leave their uh to leave their jobs in order to take care of their children at Mm -hmm. home or that women should have children um and should be you know the main their main responsibility should be taking care of the children and i'm like Mm -hmm. um no we could do it all we -hmm. could do it all literally i mean you know what's interesting about that too is like you know there's like a a attached history with a lot of the like adhering to those like Mm kind of like making those like standards as and kind of like conflicting them as oh that's just what i want to see in a person you know and I think that history comes from, honestly, like comparing, like comparing women, and specifically comparing it between women of color too. Mm-hmm. Because I know, for you know, the fetish around Asians and specifically East Asian women and who mm-hmm. are light skinned and everything, um, it came from like these two weird stereotypical like names that mm-hmm. it was called like I think it was like the lotus flower for like one version of mm-hmm. Asian women that were supposed to be subservient and supposed to be submissive and everything. And it was, like, attached to this whole entire, like, movie, like, archetype and everything. Which, by the way, most of those movies yes. portraying Asian women were not played by, like, Asian women. women. They were played oh by gosh. white women who were portraying yellow face and everything. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, this whole entire thing, right, of having the submissive type, but then also having this weird uh, stereotype called, like, I think it was, like, the dragon lady or something like that, where no. it was, like, supposed to be like the seductress she's dangerous she's supposed to be the downfall of white men or some shit and here we go again literally having those like archetypes and those stereotypes being portrayed Mm -hmm. in like media and everything informed a lot of decisions whenever it came to like the cultural cultural understandings and whenever they went over to those countries of going Mm -hmm. through pillage and war and everything and kind of pinning Asian women against, like, women who didn't want to be fit into these, like, standards. It's like, oh, you don't want to fit into those standards, but, you know, Asian women can do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, that's why I really don't feel like fetishes are, they just appear out of a vacuum. They don't. They, they're so, it's so disgusting. It's so mm-hmm. disgusting. Like, fuck that shit. Literally. What? Like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's funny, too, because, like, um, I kind of had, Mm-hmm. Also, I'm I'm not really into the dating game like that, but I'm, mm. you know, mm-hmm. but you have to tell us. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't like. Oh, uh, yeah, I get into. I'm gonna share a little story time too. I mean, it, it's you not much to? of a story time. Okay, but grab your popcorn. To, uh, <laughs> yo, y'all get into two story times in one day. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> must be nice. Literally. But it was also like. um so I like I don't even remember when, but like it was it was a guy and I was like, Oh, he's cute, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was on data match, right? right? And then I'm like asking him questions and it should've threw like it should've like registered in my head and I kinda was just like, 
huh? Mm-hmm. But I started asking him questions, like, I'm like, because I'm like, wait, no way is he trying to, he's trying to fetishize me. He's mm. like, oh, ask him about my race. And um, I'm like, so are you only dating black women? Like, what's the thing? Like, and I was like, um, there's something seem a little off. So yeah. I just keep digging and digging and asking him questions. So I'm mm. like, I'm curious. I want to know your mind. Want to know what stupidity is going on in there? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm asking him, really? and the literally the the fetishization that came up was it, it had to be with me just having a big ass, I guess, mm. and that's a lo- a thing a lot of black women go mm. through, and that's the the you know the fetishization that we go through, and mm-hmm. I also found like that where where it stemmed from actually was from um they mentioned this in forbes um Mm. and they had an article and it said it started with um sarah bartman um she was a south african woman and they created an an exhibition of her because she had you know she had a big ass yeah i remember and it was in the 1800s and so they put her in like this basically basically they just showed her out um and that's taking advantage of her anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just for these European, basically for these European men. And I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. that's, and it, it like crushed my soul cause I was just like, why can't someone just get to know you for you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, why does it have to like play that? And plus they these like stereotypes and like um, thoughts of fetishization, you're trying to put everybody in a category, and that, that don't fit everybody, that's not how everyone functions, that's not the way everyone looks, mm-hmm. so you having this vision in your head already, you kind of like bring across like these these stereotypes and like these, the way you should treat a person, mm-hmm. based on the knowledge you think is, you know, an accurate portrayal of somebody. Right. Yeah, I remember now you mentioned about like dating apps and everything. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't want to admit that they have like that, that their preferences are very race based, are yeah. very ethnic based, mm-hmm. and everything. And I was reading like this study um, from the New York Times. It was from this book. Um, kind of, it was called like Dataclism or whatever. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was like this whole entire like like study around OK Cupid, which is another mm-hmm. dating app. Yeah. Right? And uh, a lot of the participants said that they would never talk to someone who had a racial preference or had an ethnic preference or they themselves don't have any of those preferences, right? But then whenever they looked at their interactions between who they messaged, who they matched with, who they engaged with the most, a lot of them Mm. had preferences. A lot of them, and it shows, a lot of them, like I think the studies showed that like Asian men were least likely to ever get like engagements and everything. And then white men were always uh, the ones that, um, for I think non-black uh, yes. POCs, were the ones that would get the most engagement from and mm-hmm. everything. And then for black women, they would only I think it was mainly for other black men and everything mm-hmm. or other black women and everything. So it was like having I think mainly on the side of towards like white people and everything mm-hmm. and coming into spaces where it's predominantly POC and everything. I think that's the problem, you know, I think that's where it lies is mm-hmm. the fact that like, we do have, like it's, I don't know, I think it's important to know that we do have internalized yes. a lot of 
things about colorism, a lot of things about racism, and it's checking those things that makes us more aware of it so mm -hmm. that we can further change it, we can yeah. further disrupt it and everything. Because I don't know, for me, I think my first representation, I think, of predominantly a Southeast Asian woman mm -hmm. was from Mean Girls. In wow. And you remember what happened in Mean Girls. <laughs> Those, it was like categorizing all the Asians into like this one group, right? Mm -hmm. And they put down, uh, I think, this whole entire narrative. And I know Tina Fey was behind this shit, so <laughs> <laughs> look. But basically what happened was, I think, the coach was basically grooming these girls and mm. the girls were fighting over him and nobody clocked it once because it was supposed to be comedic relief, right? Mm. But when you really look at it, a coach, a, a, a bas whoever, a yeah. coach, right? At a high school, cool. for high schoolers, Girl, yeah. with messing around with high women. school girls and it's predominantly with Asian women. You know what I'm saying? So, and like, I mean, for Tina Fey, she has a long history of being like that too, like mm. of portraying Asian women in that way. I remember there was also another co comedian, um, Amy Schumer. Mm. She have, I think you did mention this before too. Girl, look, she said that she has a competition because Asian women are the most desirable, right? Mm -hmm. And she kept saying that they never talk back. They have the smallest coochies and they kept saying like all these anat like oh no like scrutinized and she's talking to this crowd and they're eating the shit up and i started thinking about this like it tells you a lot about the crowd too it tells you a lot about the crowd and how normalized this shit is mm. like y'all don't i think that's a problem there too is like we don't really see it as like a violation of consent we see it as like oh that's just like the cultural attitude that's just mm. stereotypes yes we're going to dismantle it but we don't see it for what it is we don't see it as y'all putting them into the category, putting us in the category, and no longer seeing us as humans. Y'all mm -hmm. see us as objects from that point. Literally, that just, that, as we were like, you know, mm -hmm. thinking about this episode, that's what came to my mind. Mm -hmm. It's it's that we're seen as sexual objects. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking too, it starts, I'm like, y'all don't know how bad like it triggers people. Mm -hmm. um, like, I remember being young and just, you know, when men would just be standing outside and they always got, they always got the, hey, yo, shorty, uh, no, and, or, yeah. you know, or let me get your number. And you're like, you're grown, first of all. Mm -hmm. Second of all, I'm, I'm not an object. I'm not, I'm not shorty. Not, I'm, I'm not, not shorty. Like, yeah, like, come to me correct, mm -hmm. please. Um, and they be making little snickers and stuff like that. And that makes you uncomfortable too. And it's just like, but why would you do that? Like, you don't know how to treat a person. Mm -hmm. Literally. Like, I'm like, that was, that just threw me off. And I just remember, cause I'm like, I was like young and I'll be wa like walking with my group of friends um, or if I'm even walking by myself. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like, you know, just being able to walk by yourself sometimes is kind of like scary in a way, cause you're it like, really yeah. yeah. And so it's like, why are women looked at as sexual objects or just even treated as objects in general or nothing compared to an actual human or an individual? I think that takes away like who we are as people and mm -hmm. you, you just basically degrading us. Literally, and I think echoing to that fact too, it's like, 
when we get catcalled, when we get followed, yes. when we get like commented on in any type of way, when we go out about our business in public and everything, mm. I think, I don't know, I think a lot of the people who do that don't really, they, either they do realize or they just don't care. Yeah. That that shit is traumatic. That you is. know what I'm saying? Like, that shit scar- is scary. I remember s- there was this one time, I think I remember telling you, it was like around last year and everything, mm-hmm. after we went to the beach and everything. Mm. That man on the train, he, I was wearing my big lashes that day, you know, saying I was looking cute. And he sat like a seat away from me. And I, you know, literally nowadays, I don't look up from my phone. I'm, I keep it walking. Literally. I don't engage in any way. I keep, I don't, mm-mm. like, even if you say hi, whatever, no. Like, if I don't know you, you I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. So he was like saying something to me, and I was like, I had my headphones in, and I was like, what? And then he was like, your eyelashes. I was like, oh. And then mm-hmm. he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you look really pretty, but you also look really sad, too. And I was like, what? And I was like, okay. And then I like put my phone back in. I look oh. back at my phone, and he was like, he was just like, um, what's your number? And I was like, what? And then all of a sudden he started following me, right? Oh no, oh no. And I felt him behind me because one of the things I remember doing was like, you know, like whenever you like kind of brush back your hair, mm-hmm. and you kind of look over type of thing. I saw him like and he was just like really like closed off to himself and he was trying to pretend like he wasn't doing nothing and that's when I picked up my pace right Mm -hmm. and I try to beat him like down these like series of stairs that go up to the train station that I live at and everything Mm -hmm. and the one thing I remember doing was like so I follow this there was this uh, girl on TikTok I'll probably mention her like later on but like She's a stripper and everything. She had a lot of stories of like encountering clients in the parking lot after her shifts and everything, mm. how they would catcall her, would harass her and everything. And uh, she remember she said that to go ahead and bark at them, mm. like act crazy and everything. But um, Trinity, all of a sudden, she called me and everything. And that's when I was like, okay, this might be my opportunity to at least have someone on the phone mm, just in yeah. case something happens, right? So then I answer, and I remember saying like these series of things. I was just like, Oh yeah, you know my cousin came back from prison yesterday, right? He coming over to my house right now, and I was. She was like, "Oh really?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." You know he he got put away for manslaughter, but you know they they found they didn't find him guilty. They didn't find him guilty. They didn't find the body, and like oh, I'm having no. all these things. I'm saying this out loud, <laughs> loud as hell. Yeah, right? Cause just because you're him. afraid at this point. Right, I felt him behind me and all that stuff, and uh, all of a sudden she was like, "Oh, is he coming now?" I was like. Yeah, yeah, he sent me like a text and everything. Like, mm. apparently, he bring in uh, his buddy too that he met in prison and all that stuff. You know, I'm just trying to mm-hmm. say all these things behind me and all that stuff. Trying to give him a hint of right. like, don't, please don't right. come near me. At exactly. All. And the, cr- the creepiest thing that still like burns in my memory was like when I turned the corner, I seen him. Like, uh, mind you, I know he doesn't live where I li- mm-hmm. like near where I live. He ducks into like this like between two houses where the, like their garages connect That's and everything. So creepy. And he just disappears. And I remember sprinting back home, sprinting back home. I don't even remember uh, FaceTime and Skype. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a whole thing. And That's, that's scary. It's just, and the, fa- the fact that every woman has that story though. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking up statistics of, I think about, according to this organization called uh, Stop Street Harassment Organ or anything. Um, 75% of women 
a youth that have an encounter where a stranger was following them. Wow, that's 75%, a lot. Seventy-five percent, three and three and four women, three and four women. Like, that's how a lot. Yet the men have Still. said that they none of their homeboys, none of none of their friends have ever done. None of them have done it before. Lies. 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 Because how is it three and four women though? Exactly. That's just too many. Um, and just like thinking of that, that's really scary that our brains have to like be already prepared to try, try to like handle these situations or find ways. And there's instances and in a lot of people that they really didn't have like help until probably the very last minute or mm-hmm. weren't able to get out of the situation at all. And that's just really scary in general. And it's like, we have to go through these extreme lengths just just for someone not to follow us. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, that's, that's like mind blown. That's insane because it's like, why am I being like treated this way? Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm a woman. And that's the sad like truth of it all. Um, and that's just a serious like conversation. And it's like, you can't, sometimes you can't control, you know, certain things like if it was an option of you to go home earlier throughout the day rather than late through the night mm-hmm. or um to not take you know public transportation or even mm-hmm. be in your own car like those are just some things that we just can't control yeah. um and they're not like things that determine anything either mm-hmm. and that's like these are just some of the things that women have to go through um and like we talked about we talked about being fetishized mm-hmm. um dating like a number of things and mm-hmm. probably even stuff that we won't even get to today um but yeah. yeah i mean the number of violence against women of color especially uh for uh black transgender women too oh, yes is that a has whole nother thing like it's a whole nother thing and it's the it's the fact that like when women like go on these dating apps mm-hmm. it's a there's a completely different set of fears mm-hmm. that women have than what right. men have and anything or right. what yeah like what men have because i feel like for men it might be like i don't know like fucking rejection or some mm-hmm. shit for women it's the fact that i might get murdered mm-hmm. i might be in a sticky situation how do i like get out navigate of this yeah. like will i have ubers by the time i'm like leave or whatever mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like all these things and yeah i remember like there were so many moments i think uh where I think I was on FaceTime with one of y'all or whatever, and mm-hmm. I remember this man, he was like saying something to me. I, w- I remember saying like loudly, obnoxiously being like, goodbye, sir, goodbye, mm-hmm. sir, goodbye, sir. Mm-hmm. I was like, and it's like, we can never be in peace. And that's why I think sometimes like I kind of shy away from like wearing what I want to wear. wear. And that's a big conversation within itself. Right, because I, I just, I, I feel scared. I mm-hmm. feel scared of like what kind of attention it will bring. I'm not saying that it will break, it, it should, should. Yeah. but it's the fact that men are trash in that way. Yeah, it's like, and also, you know, just with the idea of, um, I want to say, you know, when we talk about things like uh, rape, mm-hmm. that's something people, women are judged a lot about what they mm-hmm. wore, um, and even like, um, I think it was on Business Insider. They were talking about like even when women go in professional settings, like they're the most they're the most judged based on mm-hmm. their looks. Um, and it's like, well, how can we feel comfortable in a way like? Um, and 
make and in situations like you know rape there's also uh people victim blame mm -hmm. and it's like oh it was because she was wearing this yeah, or yeah. she was looking mm -hmm. like this but no no because that's not that's not what started it because someone someone had in their mind uh, uh an action that they wanted to do mm -hmm. it had nothing to do based on clothes or how the person looked because what what are you supposed to say like you can't control these things you wear what you want to wear you, mm -hmm. you want to feel comfortable in your own skin let mm -hmm. alone there's so many limitations of us even being able to feel comfortable mm -hmm. um so i'm just like it's i don't even know i think that's a big point though is the fact that like all these topics we're talking about like there are things that make us uncomfortable mm -hmm. right the, there are things that don't make us feel at peace feel like we can actually just live our lives mm -hmm. and everything because you know with things like you know as a survivor and everything one of the things that i've noticed in victim blaming is how internalized it becomes because mm -hmm. whenever you do go through an experience like that nobody ever like really talks about how that changes your like whole entire dynamic with intimacy and sex yes, and it changes a lot intimacy with yourself intimacy with others and everything i remember when it first happened to me, I was so scared of people like holding me, like hugging me and stuff like that. And then for this narrative to be spin around and be like, oh, what was he wearing? Oh, what did you do beforehand? Mm -hmm. Were you conscious? Were you drunk? Did you do this? Were you it shouldn't fucking matter no, what I was doing, what I, what I looked like. It's And then, you know, we shift that na narrative because of the fact that we don't want to confront the fact yes, that it's some of, exactly. of y'all's uncles, it's some of y'all's brothers, it's mm -hmm. some of y'all's friends, some of y'all's, you know, whoever, cousins, that are probably ones that are violating people's consent, mm -hmm. ignoring, assaulters, abusers. We want to turn the blind eye towards things that don't, that don't involve us, but mm -hmm. also, too, that we have this narrative of, oh, it'll be bo boys will be boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing, and I think, you know, and with things like sexual assault and rape, it comes in so many ways. We have stealthing, where you don't tell your partner that you were wearing a condom mm -hmm. or whatever. You have things that you don't disclose. Um, what kind of, if you got tested or not, if you have yeah. any, like, diseases. It could also look, like, as simple as, like, you choked me in the middle of, like, an, an act, and I didn't, didn't expect that, it. you know or what I'm saying? if I said no in the middle of, any like mm -hmm. encounter or interaction right. that you didn't like you didn't apply for to it like right. and so like there's just so many like things you have to think about like um we have to like definitely um be careful in not making sure that people ignore these type of talks and conversations mm -hmm. and especially too i realize like how much it runs in uh, families and cultures and religions too. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard, like, you know, usually it's like, oh, uh, it, it might be like an uncle's coming around the house or something. Mm -hmm. Make sure you cover up. Oh make sure you God, make sure you put I your clothes, cover that. your clothes, you know, Literally. make sure you're not wearing anything too tight or revealing mm -hmm. or something like that. But it's like, why should I? Why sh is he, is he not in my house? It, it, are you insinuating that he's going to do something? something? Yeah, and so like. also, too, like, I'm just like, that's just very, like, and also, like, I grew up in a um, Muslim uh, 
household. Mm-hmm. Um, so just talking about like conversations about dating and mm-hmm. um, sex and stuff, those aren't very, I mean, I can't, I hear people be saying, mm-hmm. oh, you know, sometimes I had the virgin abuse talk or in the movies and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't, I didn't ever have a convo like that. Right. Um, and it's something that's not brought a lot into like, you know, intimate family conversations. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a blind eye and like everything is ignored. And so when you think about it, some some kids are learning um, about these these conversations of sex and, you know, consent and all that from school. Mm-hmm. Like that's their first like, you know, example of like what to do, situations, all that, and how to address it. And so like, um, I feel like in a lot of cultures too, kind of it, it goes back to like, you know, satisfying the men mm-hmm. and how to like follow these customs and traditions. Mm-hmm. And like, so we have things like, you know, you should, I know it's a, like a thing in like the Muslim religion, like um, a lot of it is very kept to yourself and very private. Um, but you have to understand because when, you know, let's say your daughter ends up in a situation like this or something, how can you make sure that she's safe? The mm-hmm. person that she's with is, you know, actually treating her right. Right. Um, or, you know, how do you make sure it, it goes both ways too, with also men, um, you know, people of different sexualities and genders mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I feel like it's a very ignored conversation between women. It um, is. Yeah. So. I just like it's I mean and on that too it's like I think there's so many things that happens to us mm-hmm. that are violate considered violations of consent but when we start naming them that's when it becomes really scary mm-hmm. it's like being like oh shit that wasn't consensual yeah. or like oh I didn't like how he did and sometimes like they don't have to be coming from a place of trauma mm-hmm. they don't have to be something as overt as like him dragging into the alley and all that mm-hmm. stuff right what a lot of people would think, think of yeah. and everything. But I think what you said is like, yeah, my par- my parents, they didn't do that. They right. didn't talk to me about like sex, what goes on. Yeah. I, most of the time, I think my framework of sex was like, don't have it. Like, don't bring a baby yeah. in. Don't it's bring, like, like, it's that like don't, don't do any of that stuff. Like, like, you know, it's it's not, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing those things anyway. And mm-hmm. it's just like. Don't have sex until you're 30. 30 like, so, like, like some bullshit like that. And it's like, what? Or, you know, mm-hmm. don't have sex until you're married. That too. Mm-hmm. That too. The sex uh, until you're married was. And you know, that's crazy because they, like, in that framework, like they assume not because, not, I mean, my parents don't know I'm out and everything. Mm-hmm. So like one of the things that I know of is the fact that like, whenever they say don't wait until you get married and everything, they're not imagining me with like a woman. They're not imagining me mm-hmm. with someone who might be non-binary or anything. They're imagining me with a man. So essentially when you say that s- statement, mm. you're saying wait until I can please that man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's when we, when we talk about conversations around consent and everything and sex and pleasure, we're all, women are never part of that narrative. We mm-hmm. never talk about, like I can name like on a single hand how many times I felt like I had a pleasurable experience and sex and everything. Mm. And a lot of women don't know how to like, like expect, like wanting to expect from their mm-hmm. partners to feel desire, to feel consent, to get an orgasm, to get this, to get that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? To what, what works because we're always put in this framework that like, no, we have to please, we have to do this, we have yeah. to do that and the third and everything. 
And I think that's when it becomes a problem is that I remember I was talking to Jacqueline Friedman. She's an author of um, this book that talks about affirmative consent where mm-hmm. yes means yes, right? And uh, she was saying like, you know, there's so many ways that we show no with our bodies mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't tune into mm-hmm. when we're in the act, that's right? Important. No I with our bodies. No, because like sometimes like for me, I know whenever I was associating a lot mm-hmm. after my assault and everything, like I, I was unable to say no. Like, there was a moment where I just froze because I was put back in that place. But, you know, my partner was going to look into that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was like, or at least a bad partner at the time I had, yeah. right? So, like, in that moment, that's when we have to prioritize pleasure. That's when we have to pri- prioritize consent with pleasure sure, and everything. Yeah. So I think for a lot of women, it's what she said that really stuck with me is that we're often the gatekeepers of no mm-hmm. rather than it being a mutual understanding who, with whoever partner. You know, any partner that sees that I'm uncomfortable when you fetishize me, another partner that sees whenever I'm uncomfortable when you objectify me or put a kink on me yeah, that I wasn't asking for, or like, you know, like putting me in a place where I feel uncomfortable. Those are all the alarming sounds, no. Yeah. But we n- often don't think of that because we think of assault, harassment, rape, all that stuff yeah. in a framework of that's like, sort of like an SVU vacuum, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we always think about like that one mm-hmm. episode or like that episode or like, yeah, yeah that's what it was, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so you like just think about like and go back and just like think about, oh, all the situations that didn't go right that could have went a different way, but you know, we can't go back and fix the past, but you can mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, people are educated, people are are acknowledging their faults um, mm-hmm. and also what is done, what is being done right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and so we're gonna, you know, go into mention and intention, um, yeah. and we gonna, we gonna end it all. Y'all know when y'all hear mention and intention, we about to slow it down, give y'all some. Breathe in. Usa. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we gonna, we're going to just talk about, like, I think first thing first, um, we should learn how to appreciate women and learn how to appreciate yeah. women in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and not every woman is the same. So don't go, don't go into one, you Literally. know, expectation or relationship or experience with one woman thinking that, oh, that's the, mm-hmm. the same way I need to treat the women right. um, or that I need to... Um, this is how I should cater to someone because mm-hmm. it's it's not the same. Women are human beings. Yes. The same way that you are. The same Literally. way that <laughs> like you treat different friends in different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like You already know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Exactly. Um, but yeah, learn how to appreciate. And I think there's just this attack to that. Um, women are like, I, I, the thing that just keeps coming to my head is like, um, um, I don't know if you've seen to the the Harry and um, Meghan Markle yeah. mm-hmm. that whole interview. Um, they had an interview with Oprah, and so you know so many things have been coming forth then. Um, and but the constant um, issue that kept coming up in this scenario was she was being attacked as a woman. She was being attacked mm-hmm. as a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And so why do we? Why are we? you know, putting this blame and attack and like they were saying like the reason why 
you know, meant it happen um, was because of her. Well, a lot of issues that had stemmed in in the, you know, the royal family was because of her. And y'all just, y'all didn't mm-hmm. learn how to appreciate, especially someone, a woman who is going into a different um, culture, understanding, background mm-hmm. of something that she's not used to. And we're not right. going to go really far into this, mm-hmm. but I just wanted people to kind of understand where that it's coming from and that this attack, especially women in the public media uh, women that are actually, you know, running businesses or, you know, seen in a different light. I think we should look beyond the stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of stereotypes that come too with black women is, um, you know, if we talk loud, we, you know, we talk with our hands and stuff, everything is aggressive. Everything is, you know, mm-hmm. oh, that's ratchet or, you know, she don't know how to like, um, you know, probably display herself or that's not the right way or we're just seen as loud and like objectified Mm -hmm. um but i think if people learn to understand um individuals and learn how different people are communicate in different ways show their different uh signs and languages like you said like Mm -hmm. um there are so many ways that women say no with their bodies that people are not recognizing Mm-hmm. We need to do more of that and actually start to recognize what are those signs, what are mm-hmm. those ways we can do that. Um, yeah, and that was just, like, something I wanted to get out. Like, learn our needs versus, our ex- like, the expectations you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Learn what, like, I'm, like, learn what it is that you need to know about me and what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, not only as a woman, but as an individual, as a human being. Yeah, that's good. That, I mean... For me, I I think you know our conversations around consent mm-hmm. are very narrow because like mm-hmm. like I said like we women become like the gatekeepers of no you know what I'm saying like we have to be the ones that say you know put the responsibility on us to you know refuse to do something but one thing I think works in terms of consent is this idea called enthusiastic consent mm. where we I, explain that explain right that. enthusiastic yeah. consent so basically that's the yes means yes model. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are both reciprocal. We are both present in the moment. Mm-hmm. We're both looking for signs of yes and everything. But n- making sure that we are looking in it from the frame of context, that we are looking for each other's needs, mm-hmm. body language, yes. voice, everything in between. Because I think one of the things that, um, and also the conversations. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of conversations. Like I get it. Like you l- a lot of hookups, <laughs> like mm-hmm. in the moment, like they're very in the moment, right? But in terms of that, like that can they can lead to a lot of sticky situations where you get into like, oh, I didn't want that. Like, oh, wait, I didn't want that either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's necessary to have a conversation. If I'm going to be bearing my whole bones in front of you and yeah. everything, like it's, I, it's I think I'd be comfortable with, with the telling you. The least we can you, do is have right? a conversation. The least we can talk do is talk about, you know, and what does that conversation look like? It's mm-hmm. like, I want it this way. I want you to uh, maybe touch me that way. I'm, I, I kind of don't want to do these mm-hmm. certain things or like, I don't want you to pull my hair or yeah. like choke, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think enthusiastic consent, what it does is we remove the assumptions that people have. Mm. That's we remove the assumptions. assumptions because like the assumptions that we have are often attached to things that are maybe colorist that are mm-hmm. maybe fetishization and everything I, I mean how many guys have told me that they wanted you to see me mm-hmm. in like thigh highs and like a schoolgirl outfit with like yeah. that pink t- all these like bullshit things 
to fetish to please them. Mm-hmm. The enthusiastic inside what it does is it puts the it puts us in autonomy. It puts us in the agency to communicate our desires first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like I feel like a lot of times like when we enter sexual interactions and everything, we think that it it, it can't be you know mutual. Mm. We think that it has to be this for this person and everything. So what enthusiastic consent does is tells us that we're worthy of being able yeah. to define our sexual identity. You know, so many women of, women of color, before they even enter this world, are already defined, defined. are already defined. And what enthusiastic consent can do is affirm us in our identity, mm-hmm. affirm us in our control, affirm us in our autonomy and independence and consent. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I got to say with that one. Yeah, um, and I just want to say thank you because you shared a lot, a lot about, you know, your experiences and, you know, what you went through. And I think I'm learning so much from you. Um, So I just want to say thank you. And I also, you know, would definitely say to all the women out there, like, um, make sure you take time to appreciate yourself, to, you know, love yourself, find what it is that you that you like, that you benefit from mm-hmm. um, before you go into uh, any situation or experience in which you're, you know, trying to follow up with an expectation from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that. And explore. Yeah, explore. explore. Explore unapologetically. Un- don't, like, the shame that it comes about, it is going to be here for a minute. So mm-hmm. might as well, bitch, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. But yeah. do it safely. Do it safely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Oh, is that that's a wrap? That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Uh, so you know we're gonna say a quick thank you. Thank you to Skyla Figaro, our marketing manager. Um Marcus Metcalf. She's not here today, but you know videographer for, editor. Yes. Um Kim Knopf, our uh sound engineer, and thank you to our waveform team, mm-hmm. but also thank you to everyone that's listening, that has been listening, that has been showing us so much support, honestly. Yes, thank you um, so much. All the time. And make sure, you know, we're already on Spotify, Spotify Anchor, Anchor, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Apple. Breaker, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Pocket. Radio Public. Radio Public. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Please. Um, and we're on social media you already know damboo um podcast underscore on instagram and damboo everywhere else yeah okay well until then y'all be safe and we love y'all bye, bye.